0: Come on, we can give a better victory shout than that in this building today. Come on, we can give a better victory shout than that in this building today. God not only hears prayers, but he answers prayers. Now, there's a lot going on in our world today as we just prayed about. We don't need to pray over prayers. I just want to encourage you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Jesus, or actually Paul writing to Timothy, said that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous means disastrous, folks. And so we haven't seen the worst of it yet. But I want to encourage you today. Jesus said, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. He said, in the world, you'll have tribulation, but in me, you'll have peace. So as long as we stay in him, how you know all hell can break loose all around us. But that blood as she prayed about has not lost its power and it will not come near us. So God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind, folks. We will not let fear keep us from living our lives. Go on vacation. Go where God leads you to go. Bleed the blood of Jesus. And come on, God has angels out there. He has Gabriel. He has Michael. Come on, God's big enough to protect you wherever you go in this world. Just make sure that you pray before you go. And if you have peace to go, then you better believe God is big enough to protect you every step of the way. And I mean, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Somebody said by faith, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Do you believe that today? Well, come on, let's thank God for that, folks. We're not going to get in fear. As you all know, on this past Wednesday, it was Veterans Day and at linked-up church. We try to really honor the people that sacrificed their lives and served our country uh, so that we can have the freedom to be able to stand on a stage like this today and minister the gospel unhindered. And so at the end of service, I'm going to shorten my message today. At the end of service, we're going to take some time to honor our veterans today, okay? All right, why don't you go ahead and shake someone's hand today. Tell them you came to the right place, and then you can be seated. Give me 20 minutes today of your undivided attention, 20 minutes. Praise God. So good to see you this morning. As we all know, one day our lives will be over. How I many of all of us, we won't live forever in this physical body, right? Our spirits will live forever, but one day this physical must lay itself down. It must lay down. And so we're all not going to live forever. One day, every person in this room will be just a memory to those that are living on this planet. And I think we all, as a result of that, have to think about what legacy is it that we want to leave behind? What is it that we want people to remember about us, okay? Do we want people to remember that we were a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ? What is it that we want them to remember? Do we want them to remember that we were a good husband, a good wife, a philanthropist? Whatever it is, what is it do we want people to remember? And so the time to think about these things is now. After you're gone, it is forever and it is too late. And so Paul here Nearing the end of his life, he's living in a Roman prison, but from that cell, the apostle took steps to ensure that he would be remembered as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He took the time to write to young Timothy and to give him the secret for becoming a good soldier. And it's with that thought today that we're going to consider this morning and we're going to talk about this morning how to be a good soldier or the mindset of a good soldier. The mindset of a good soldier. And so if you would, let's read two opening texts today. 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to read verses 3 and 4. And then 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And then we'll derive all of our points from those two texts today. We're talking about the mindset of a soldier. And really, a good soldier has this mindset. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him to be a soldier. 2 Timothy chapter 4, let's read verses 7 and 8. Paul says here, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who loved his appearing. Today, again, we're going to look at the mindset of a good soldier. We're going to look at four things that Paul said in both of these texts here. Point number one today, a good soldier who has the right mindset is a good follower. They're good followers. Look at what he said here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier. How many know life is not easy? Right? And whoever told us that we were going to go through life eating cupcakes lied to us. Right? Life is real. Has anyone experienced and realized that life is real? All right, so the first thing you're going to have to learn how to do, the first step, is to be a good follower. And so think about it. If you're going to join the armed forces, then you have to sign up, right? But then you can't sign up and not show up. And then after you show up, your first thing you're instructed to do is follow orders, right? And how many know we need to be the same way with the Lord Jesus Christ? Once we sign up, then we show up. And then after we show up, we must learn how to follow orders. No one can be a good soldier for the Lord until they first sign up for service. Well, how do we do that? We must accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Uh, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 3, he told him, except you become born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. How many know you cannot be in the kingdom without receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? That is the first step in terms of the Christian army that we serve. You must receive Jesus. Then, after you've received Jesus, how many know you've got to learn how to follow orders? Right, go with me to Luke chapter 6. Look what Jesus said here in Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 46. Again, you don't sign up without showing up, and then you don't show up without following orders, right? Look at what Jesus said here in Luke chapter 6. Let's begin at verse 46. He said, but why do you call me Lord and do not the things which I say? Anyone in here Mary? How many of you know you can tell your spouse all day long, I love you? But guess what they determine that love by? Actions, whether or not you do what they're instructing or asking you to do, right? And so Jesus is no different. He said, why are you calling me Lord and you're not doing the things which I say? Verse 47, whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom this man is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the floods arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house. We're really talking about a family here. That word house there means household or family. It could not shake it. For it was founded on a rock. I mean, when you find out what God says and then you're willing to obey what he says, it wouldn't matter what life threw at you. It cannot blow you up and it cannot blow your family up. That's why we as men and leaders of our household, we have to find out what God said and then be willing to obey what he said. Because it not only impacts us, it impacts the ones that we love the most our wife and our children. To be a good soldier, folks, we've got to find out what God said, and then we must be willing to do what He said, or don't call Him Lord if we're not willing to do exactly what He instructed us to do. He went on to show the opposite side of that. He said, uh, The other guy, though, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house or that family was great. So notice, pressure showed up to both families the issue was what was the families built on and if it's built on the word of God and that household obeying the word of God how many you know it doesn't matter what life what the enemy what the devil it doesn't matter what's thrown your way you will still be standing at the end giving God the glory come on a tornado can come through the whole block and there'll be one house still standing on the block because that house is founded upon the word of God now when we think about military, to refuse to follow orders is called treason. Are there any military people in this audience? What is the full extent that can be that a person can be disciplined for disobeying orders? Court-martial, right? Right? What, what, how far could they go with that? They could do what? They can kill you over that is what I was looking for. Why? Because they understand not following orders is not just risking your life. It's risking everybody else's life. So, folks, in this army, we must be willing to follow orders even if it might cost us our lives. Go to Revelations chapter 12. How I mean, you know that's why a soldier understands when they sign up for the military. They understand that signing up might cost me my life. But they do it anyway and they believe that it's worth it if it's going to keep my country free. Revelation chapter 12 verse 1 says or verse 11. Revelation 12:11 and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives. What is that word phrase there? To the death. And folks, you haven't lived until you found something worth dying for. I want to say that again. How many of you haven't lived until you found something worth dying for? The other thing about the mindset of a soldier is that they're faithful. That word faithful means trustworthy. Trustworthy. How I many? Anyone that is faithful and trustworthy, it can be seen by their actions, not by what they say, but by what they do. And so, Paul outlines some things here in verses three and four, uh, and then in chapter four, verse seven, about their faithfulness. Look at verse three again, Second Timothy chapter two, verse three. It says, uh, "You therefore must you therefore must endure hardship as a good." soldier of Jesus Christ. The word endure means you have to be able to remain under when things are tough. I mean, life is not easy. Marriage is not easy. Raising children is not easy. Come on. Going to work every day is not easy, but you have to learn how to remain under because you're staying under for greater cause. The good soldier realizes that there will be trouble along the way. But he will not be detoured by the trouble. He understands that pain, listen to this, folks, is often a part of the process. And, again, I know in our world of Christianity where everything that we put our hands to will prosper, I'm the head and not the tail. How I many know he also said some other things as well? He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. How I mean, know a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up again? The kingdom of God suffer violence, but the violent take it by force. I mean, everything is not all cake and ice cream. And we've got to learn how to be tough. We've got to learn how to endure. We've got to learn how to stay under, especially when we make commitments, when we stand at an altar before witnesses and before the man of God and before God himself, and we enter into a covenant called marriage. I mean, you know, that is till death do us part. That's not until we have irreconcilable differences or we no longer see things the same. That is until death do us part. I knew I wouldn't get a whole lot of amens right there. But that's the way it should be. And you've got to learn how to endure and stay under. Hallelujah. 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 So their faithfulness can be seen in their practice. They have this ability to stay under. Their faithfulness can be seen in their priorities. Look what verse 4 says. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him to be a soldier. Notice their priorities are in order. They only seek to please their commander. And how many know at the end of the day, we have to stop worrying about what people think about us because they don't have a heaven or a hell to put us in. The only person that matters at the end of the day is how does God see it, and what does God think about us, and how does he see us in this situation? Because people will change on you. They'll love you today and then hate you tomorrow, but God will be the same to yesterday, today, and forevermore. Learn how to live for an audience of one and stop living for the approval of people because their approval changes minute by minute and day by day. The good soldier has no higher goal in life than pleasing his superior but also he says something else in here the good soldier knows that anything which interferes with his performance in the military or as a believer must be done away with how many know when you are sent on a mission or on an assignment over to afghanistan you don't want to be out drinking with the locals I know you don't want to get over there and want to find out where the spots are to go to at nighttime, right? You don't want to be over there because you're away from your wife and children trying to figure out who can you hook up with. A real soldier will not entangle himself with the affairs of this life. He's not driving around looking for clubs to go to. He's not looking for easy situations that he could hook up with. Why? Because he has a wife and a children at home, and he realizes that the decisions that he makes affects more than himself. And I need somebody to say amen in this place today. They will not. They want to please their, soul, their superior at all costs, and they don't allow themselves to get caught up in the affairs of this life. I mean, it wouldn't matter if the whole world went to hell on a rocket ship. I'll still be standing at the end of the day giving God all the glory. Folks, we can't let this world put pressure on us. We must put pressure on the world by obeying God at all times. Learn to live for an audience of one. So they're faithful in their patience. They're faithful in their priorities, and they're faithful in their practice. Go over to chapter 4 and look at... Uh, verse 7, uh, the B part of that. Verse 7, the B part of that. Notice what he said. He said, In the B part of verse 7, he said, I've kept the faith. How many of y'all know a good soldier is going to guard the truths of his faith? When they're sworn in, there's certain things that they have to repeat and they have to say. And how many know that means something to them? And it's no different when we stand before God and we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. How many know that shit means something to us? That should mean something to us, not just at the moment that we said it, but it should mean something every single day of their lives. We should guard the truths of our faith and what it is that we believe. A good soldier will take care of the things that have been delivered to them and that have been committed to their trust. How many know they take that stuff seriously and they take it with great personal pride? And we should say, how many know God has delivered his holy word unto us? And we need to take care of that and treat that right every single day of our lives. Why? Because people are watching us, and a good soldier never wants to bring shame to their superiors. They're determined to do a good job. And they refuse again to do anything that'll bring disgrace and dishonor upon their superior. How many? Everywhere we go, people know we're Christians. And they're watching us. I'll be having lunch on this Tuesday with a group of men from the gym. And it's interesting why they want to have lunch with me. All because of I never, ever acted inappropriately with two females in the gym. And they saw the kind of pressure that the females were putting on. And I would constantly say to them, every time they come to me, I would say, that's too expensive. What that would cost me in my relationship with God, my relationship with my wife, and my relationship with my children is not worth it. How I many I know a good soldier never wants to disgrace his superior. She never wants to disgrace her superior. This is not just men. I mean, women, you represent your family everywhere that you go. You represent your husband. You represent your children. You represent your superior. Do it well so that when people look at you, they don't have to listen to what you say. They can see your example, that there's something different about you. Carry yourself with dignity. Cover yourself up when you leave the house. Speak with intelligence. Hello, somebody. Lead with your mind and your spirit and not with your body. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three, they're they're fighters. The mindset of a good soldier is that they're a fighter. Paul said in chapter 4, verse 7, he said, I fought a good fight. How many know it's not a good fight unless we win? And if you live long enough, you're going to be in some Donny Brooks. You're going to be in some battles if you live long enough. The only way that you're going to fight a good fight is to find out what God said about it, stand on what God said about it, be willing to obey what God said about it, and God will cause you to win every single time. And I don't care if it looks like you're losing right now. If you'll get on the word of God, confess the word of God, obey the word of God, know you'll come out a winner on the other side. You'll come out and all things will work together for your good. Why? Because you were unwilling to quit and you were willing to fight to the finish. How many you know it's never over until it's over? I don't like to use this example, but watching that Michigan-Michigan State game about three weeks ago, how many of y'all know they still lined up with 10 seconds to go on the clock? And they said, we're going to play the last play because there's 10 seconds left on the clock and it's not over until it's over. And because they were willing to line up, folks, things turned in their favor. I shouldn't be saying this because I'm a Michigan fan, but the reality is they lined up. And they they, they they still approached it as if they could win, even though there were only 10 seconds on the clock. And I don't care what your situation looks like. The bills might be over your head. There's still time on the clock. The marriage might look like it's over. There's still time on the clock. Come on, folks, we can never quit. We must fight until we win, and it's never over until we say it's over. Boy, I wish I had some faith in this room today! How many of y'all know it took guts for us to get back in the race and to keep fighting and to say that it's not over until God says it's over. You cannot let people have the final say about your life. Never let someone determine the end result. You must determine that by your willingness to pray and to fight and to obey and to live and to stand and to do what God said. If you'll become a soldier with the mindset of a winner, you'll come out a winner every single time. Glory to God. Glory to God. They're fighters. Paul said, I fought a good fight. You know why he fought a good fight? Because he didn't quit. It didn't matter whether or not they beat him. You know, he went through what Jesus went through three times. And he got back up. One time, they thought he was dead. Left him for dead. And he got back up again. Boy, we need some people like that today. We quit too easy. We're not getting along. I quit. The church not doing this for me. I quit. Come on, somebody. I'm going to look somewhere else till you figure out what's wrong over there. And you quit again. And I'm going to look for somewhere else, the word over there, until you figure out what's wrong over there and quit again. How many of y'all know that's a mindset? Yeah. Show me a winner, and I'll show you someone unwilling to quit. Oh, man. Shh. Hmm. Yes, sir. (laughs) Three things Paul says up underneath here about a fighter. They're determined, they're driven, and they're dedicated. The determined soldier does not retreat in the face of the enemy. He does not run from a fight. Instead, he stands his ground and he fights the battle until the battle is over. If you understand anything about a soldier, they'll never run off of the field. And folks, they don't leave their their, their teammates behind. And we need to stop doing that too. When one goes down, we all go down. And we pick them up, glory to God. So they're determined. They're driven. Christian soldiers have dropped out of the battle, folks. Many of them have. And I challenge you today to not be among that number. Will you be standing at the end? When Christ returned, will you still be standing? Can you say it with passion today that yes, I will be standing? Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. I was going to skip this, but I want to read this. So often we baby Christians too much, and we coddle them. And the reality is they need to grow up. First thing we want to throw in somebody's face is Jesus went and got Peter, but look at the intense pressure that Peter was under. Peter's life was being threatened. Peter had just watched Jesus get killed. You can sit there and say, all oh, you want what you would do in that same situation. You just saw him get beat like that, beat where he was unrecognizable. You can stand there and say, I would have fought with him. You don't know that. Right? But see, we want to coddle people who know better. They're not under any pressure. They just want to go out and live their life. Look at what this scripture just leaped out to me. Look at this, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. He says, this charge I commit to you. See, Paul to Timothy, I'm charging this to you. Son, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, watch this, which some have rejected, concerning the faith, and have suffered shipwrecks. So now I want to show you, when a person knows the truth and has rejected it, you have to treat them differently. You still love them, you still pray for them, but watch this, folks. Of whom, then he uses two examples, are Hymenaeus and Alexander, watch this, Paul writing, who I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. See, some people can learn through instructions, but others have to learn through the school of hard knocks. And you've got to be willing to let them go and learn it the wrong way. Sometimes, even when it's family members and friends, right? Right, because you shared the truth. You told them the truth. You reached out to them, and they said, I don't want nothing to do with that. And they chose to go live a different life. At that point, you've got to let them figure it out on on their own, especially if they're grown people. What I've learned, folks, after 21 years of ministry, grown folks are going to be grown folks at the end of the day. Regardless of what you tell them, how you encourage them, how you pray for them, they are going to do what they want to do, how they want to do it, when they want to do it. And sometimes we've got to let grown folks be grown folks. Paul said, I gave them up. That's in the Bible, folks. And then I've noticed people get upset with me because of the actions of grown men and grown women. There's nothing I can do about that. You all getting anything out of this today? Let's close right here. Well, they're dedicated. The good soldier dedicates himself to keeping his oath. He is determined to live for the Lord regardless of the personal cost. So 26 years ago when I came down to an altar and gave my life to Christ, how I many know that should mean something to people? And you should dedicate your life to that for the rest of your life. 18 years ago when I stood down at an altar before a man of God and I made an oath that I was going to love this woman for the rest of my life for better or for worse until death do us part. I mean, I should be dedicated to that for the rest of my life. We need more people like this, especially in the body of Christ. Dedicated Christians. Dedicated believers. Today, if it's a little cold outside, it's too cold, I'm going to stay home today. I'll catch it on SoundCloud tomorrow. I can't drive down to the West End on Thursday nights. Traffic is too bad. Boy, I bet if it was a $100,000 uh, job in West End, it wouldn't matter where you live. <laughs> you leave as early as you needed to live. Come on, somebody. Don't shout me down because I'm free. We just need more dedication. The world will respect us more. Let's close. Finally, they're finishers. So what have we said? The mind of a soldier, a good soldier, is number one. They're followers. Number two, they're faithful. Number three, they're fighters. Number four, they're finishers. We need more good finishers in this world. See, what did Paul say at the end? He said, I fought a good fight. What did he say there? I what? I what? I have finished the race. How many know we've got a lot of good starters? Let me try this side of the room over here. How many know we got a lot of good starters? We don't have a whole lot of finishers, and what God is looking for, finishers. If you start it, then finish it. If you said it, then follow through with it. Keep your word. Matthew chapter twenty-five, verse one. Verse 21. Matthew 25, 21. We'll close right here. We should all want this at the end of our lives. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. See, Paul was after that crown. You don't have to turn there. He said, finally, there's laid up for me in verse 8 of 2 Timothy chapter 4. You keep going to Matthew 25. He said, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day. How I many you know Paul knew that God, Jesus, was putting up a crown for him, that when he returned, he was going to lay that crown on his head. You know what true soldiers and officers want? Medals. And those medals mean the world to them. Last year, we gave out some coins, and this soldier came up to me, and he said, Pastor, I want to give you a coin. And it's in my, I keep it in my bag. It's in my bag. He said, I'm going to take your coin, but it won't mean anything to me. And this is what he said, because it didn't cost me nothing. But I'll keep it, but it cannot mean what the one I'm getting ready to give you means, because this one cost me something. The end of the day, folks. We want the crown. One time I was doing a chaplain service for the Super Bowl, and I told the Pittsburgh Steelers, true story. I said, you guys will go out here, and you'll win the Super Bowl today. Heinz Ward is in this room. Jerome Bettis, Ben, all of these guys in Detroit, Palomalu, all these guys. I said, you guys will win the Super Bowl today, but, folks, you can't take that ring with you when you leave this earth. So even though you're playing for a ring today, live for the crown. And man, you should have saw the whole energy in that room just one up. I said I'd rather lose the ring and keep the crown than to win the ring and lose the crown. Hallelujah. 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 Matthew 25, 21, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. When your day comes and when your time comes, will you be able to stand before the Lord and he salutes you and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord that I prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Will he be able to say that to you? Or will he have to say, depart from me because I never knew you you worker of iniquity. One of the two will be said. Which one will be said about you? What legacy is it that you're leaving? What will your children say about you after you're gone? What will they say about the type of husband you were, father you were, mother you were, wife you were? What will your coworkers say? What will your family members and friends say? What kind of legacy are you leaving? Because you're living it every single day. So now everyone look up here at me for a moment. Did you all get anything out of this today? Come on, let's lift our hands and thank God for what we heard today. Come on, let's not clap. Lift your hands. Give up the higher praise today and just worship him for a moment with the fruit of your lips. Come on, thank God for what you heard today. Come on, we've got to be true to our lives, true to our families, true to our children, true to our Christianity. We cannot be one way on Sunday and living something completely different throughout the course of the week. We've got to be committed and dedicated. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for every person in this room today under the sound and authority of my voice, Father. I pray that they've been convicted today by something that they heard, Father. I pray, Father, that something pricked them on the inside from your word that will make adjustments in their lives and in their marriages as parents, Father, and on their jobs, how they live before you. Father, I pray that this word fell on good ground today and let it produce fruit, some 30, some 60, but some 100-fold production because of the condition of their hearts and their hearing today. And So while you're in that attitude of prayer today, I want to give some invitations. I want to invite you to be a part of this army. You got to sign up. Then when you sign up, you've got to show up. I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior today. So right there while you're sitting in-